Welcome to Word of Life Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will move to and through you from today's message. If this podcast helps you spiritually, will you consider helping us naturally? You can give online or become a monthly partner as we aim to help more ministries and release more content. You can give online today at thelife.cc. Enjoy today's message. We are in the series, How to Pray. And we kicked it off a little bit um, last week at the end of the service. We know Pastor Joel, he, he shared and he talked about the word shift. And I just gave my testimony about how I began learning how to pray just by giving thanks. And we sang the song, thank, you know, like uh, you, Lord, and even singing, you have been so good. And I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. How many of you all have given thanks to God uh, this week? Uh, But I do want to emphasize that we're literally in this campus. We literally have this church because of prayer. Without prayer, you would not be sitting where you are right now. Without prayer, we would not be able to have worship. We would not be able to have a band. We would not be able to have a microphone. Uh, Without prayer... There's no way this could be in existence because prayer, it lays the foundation. Prayer is literally the words of God. It is literally the will of God spoken from your lips, from my lips to come into existence right here in the earth. And one thing I realized that the enemy, because I was not a fan of prayer at first, but now, man, I love talking about prayer and I did not realize how the enemy was after one thing, not just from me, but even for you. If he could get this one thing from you, if he could get this one thing from me, it would literally take us in the opposite direction that God has called us to go in. He's been doing this since the beginning, since the beginning of time, since the beginning of time. He's been trying to get this one thing. And it's like, if I can get this one thing, I got him. I got him. So I'm going to paraphrase. I don't have this in my notes, Donovan, so you're good. Uh, But we'll we'll read it. So paraphrasing is talking about in Genesis, the beginning of time when God created Adam and Eve. And with this creation, God, with them being created, God gave Adam a specific order, specific command about what not to do. Well, Eve now is created out of Adam's rib. And so out of this, now both of them know the one thing they're not to do. And so out of this, they get the instruction, but the enemy, Satan himself, he comes and he says, you know what? You can eat of this fruit. You can eat of this tree, but they know that they're not to do it. And the very thing that Satan is trying to take from them is the one thing he's trying to take from us. But what is that thing? What is that thing? Let's look at it here in Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. Verse 8. What is that one thing? If he can get this from us, it's like, I got him. So Adam and Eve, they make a decision. To disobey God. They make a decision to eat of the fruit. So now that they have eaten of the fruit, what takes place in their heart? Notice 
there was a, um, a point of time when there was communication. Let me ask you this question before we read. Your job, if communication or nonverbal communication or your school, because I see we have some teenagers in here, or college. If communication or nonverbal communication stopped at your college or your job for 24 hours, there's no talking. When you come back to that place, will it be chaos or normal? Y'all can answer. Yeah. Chaos. You have Adam and Eve. They're talking. They're fellowshipping with God. They eat of the fruit. What happens? Genesis chapter three, verse eight. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Verse nine. But the Lord God called to the man. Where are you? Verse 10. He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. Verse 11. And he said, who told you that you were naked? So here they are. They're fellowshipping. They're talking with God. They eat of the fruit. Now they hear God, they hide, now they are afraid. What is the one thing that the enemy is after that if he can get from you and me, he literally has us that where we would never, ever, ever have a prayer life. What is that? Relationship. So think about it. They're talking with God. They're doing what God is saying. Now they disobey, they hide, they are afraid. Can you talk to anybody if you're hiding from them? Anybody ever play hide and go seek? Notice how quiet you are. You're hiding. You don't want them to know that you're there. But here, they're afraid. And the enemy realizes at the forefront of prayer, it starts with relationship. If you do not have a relationship with God, meaning your understanding of who he is and who he desires to be in your life, no way in the world you will have any conversation with him other than breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And praying over that sausage and biscuit. (laughs) Or that spinach omelet. Whichever one. But that's the only time you're going to pray because you hear people, oh, you're going to pray over the food, you're going to bless the food, you're going to... And so now we have this five second conversation with God and then we go on about our life. Then chaos happened. Lord, if you get me out of this, I'm going to surrender my life. Really? He like, really? You're going to surrender your life? Really? But the enemy realizes if he can get us to stop talking the plan of God, the plan of God will not come into the earth. So when we're not talking the plan of God, what are we talking? If I'm hiding and I'm afraid, what is that? Fear. So now what am I doing? I'm talking fear in the earth. I'm living out fear in the earth. So now I'm talking fear and then I'm living fear more than I'm having conversation with God. So what am I going to see in my life? Fear. What am I going to see in my life? Worry. What am I going to see in my life? Doubt. What am I going to see in my life? Unbelief. Because that's what I'm living. 
And that's what I'm talking. And when we're doing this, God is like, hey, I cannot come in your life like you want me to be. Am I a God of suddenly? Yes, I am a God of suddenly. But you're praying to me as though you are obeying me. But you're disobeying me and then coming to me and want me to be a God of suddenly. You over here having a relationship and a conversation with the enemy. And then you come to me and say, Lord, will you move this? And then you go right back over into the enemy. This is literally my life, how it was. Because I was out of church for eight years. And going back how I shared a little bit last week, 40, 50 hours a week, I know my job, I mean, from top to bottom. But I'm hiding. I'm only going to church, New Year's, Easter, and Christmas. But I'm praying like I go to church every Sunday. I'm praying like I'm in relationship with God. So I think that I'm in relationship with God because I'm only praying to him at those three times of the year. I'm only praying to him when my life is in chaos and I'm only praying to him when it's breakfast, lunch and dinner and sometimes a snack. So here I am. Two months behind in rent. I didn't know about double billing. The other part I didn't share last week. I'm three months behind in rent. Rent back then was $400 a month. Boy, if you could rent an apartment for $400 a month today, woo, have it made. So I'm nervous. I'm single. I'm in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And here I am. I'm like the first month I'm behind. I'm so scared to go to my landlord because this is a landlord that is known that if you are behind in rent, your furniture will be on the outside in the parking lot. So I'm nervous. I'm nervous. So I get up, knock on the door, go in. I'm like, hey, Miss Billy. She's like, hey, Robert. So nervous. And I begin to tell her, hey, Miss Billy, I don't have my rent. I said, uh, but when I get it, I give it to you. She's like, it's okay, it's okay, Robert. You good. I got you. Second month rolls around. Third month rolls around. I'm like, hold up. That's, that's $1,200. I'm like, Lord Jesus, if you can help me, I'm going to turn my life around. That's on the third month. I said that on the first and second month too. God in his mercy and his love. So lo and behold, I go up there and I share it with her again for the third time. She was like, hey, hey, I understand. Just when you get it, I know you'll give it to me. So with this, by that second month, I began to do what I told you all. I would go around my apartment and just give God thanks. Because for me, I was hiding. I was afraid. I was like, God, I know you don't love me. You don't believe in me. I know you don't want me in your church because of my lifestyle. So now I'm afraid, but I can only pray because I'm in chaos. I have confidence in the chaos versus confidence in God who wants me out of the chaos for good. But that's just how the enemy works. 
And so lo and behold, I'm living a life of Thanksgiving and, you know, just thank you. Thank you, God. So I finally get back in church. Things go uphill, uphill, uphill. And so now it's time for me to to move. I um, give Miss Billy the, the twelve hundred dollars. I gave her cash. She was like, whoo, those three months. She didn't charge me a late fee. She didn't charge entrance. Out of that, the locks had to be changed on all the apartment doors. So I pull up to the apartment complex. I still hadn't paid her the money. I'm pulling up and I get out. My head is up on the outside, but on the inside, my head is, is down. Because I'm like, man, I'm a failure. I'm a mistake. So I go up. I'm like, I miss Billy. It was $25. And I miss Billy. I, I don't have the $25. Robert, I didn't ask you for the $25. She said, give me your key. I've already changed the locks. And here's your key. I'm like, Lord Jesus. Thank you. And all the while this is happening, I'm literally experiencing the love of God. But it began with the life of shift. It, was, it began with the life of, Lord, forgive me. I have been trying to do things my way. I've been living a life of fear. But I wanted you to move suddenly in my life. But I'm not giving you time. I'm giving Satan all this time, not knowing that I'm literally giving him time. And it's the reason why I'm getting those results and not God's results. So go over into your Bible, Luke chapter 11. The shift. Giving of life, of thanksgiving, telling God, thank you. I'm putting gas in the truck. $20. Lord, thank you for the $20 of gas. I'm just telling him, thank you. Whatever came to mind, I was just telling him, thank you, because that is drawing me close to him. He never left me. But it's drawing me closer to him. Luke chapter 11, verse one. This is something that I am so amazed about just the disciples and seeing the life of Jesus out of all the things that they could have asked Jesus to teach them. They asked him to teach them this. What is it? Luke 11, chapter one. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Just as John taught his disciples. Verse two. He said to them, when you pray, not if you pray, when you pray, say, our father here in the NIV it says father King James our father three things I notice when it comes to relationships number one God desires relationship with you he desires relationship with me God desires that we see that with Adam and Eve they're walking and talking in the cool of the day Adam is naming the animals. They're having conversation. He desires relationship. We see this with Jesus. Jesus is having a conversation in prayer and talking. The disciples say, hey, teach us. We see this relationship. Number one, God desires relationship. Number two, 
The enemy destroys relationships. John 10, 10, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. When I'm hiding from God, I'm allowing the enemy to destroy my relationship with God. When I'm afraid of God, I'm allowing the enemy to destroy my relationship with God. Number three, we're destined for relationships. Desires destroys destined. We're destined for relationships. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life destined for relationships. Jesus himself, the son of God, comes on earth and he is literally displaying a lifestyle of relationship through prayer with the father. So much so they said, teach us how to pray. He didn't say my father. Our, our father, we're destined for relationships. So how do I I pray? How do I? Me, I love going back to the basics. Me, I love basketball. Any basketball fans in the room? There we go. There we go. We're going to get a team. We're going. All right. All right. No, listen. (laughs) Um, So with this, maybe you all have heard of the UCLA coach, John Wooden. John Wooden, 10 championships in 12 years. One of the things he always taught his freshmen, man, I'm amazed by this. He taught his freshmen how to tie their shoes. The freshman was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm 18 years old. I'm a grown man. Surely I know how to tie my own shoes. So the freshmen thought this was a a prank. They thought this was a joke. But at the beginning of the practice, he sits the freshmen down. He shows them how to put on socks. He shows them how to lace their shoes up from the bottom. Snug, snug, snug. And tie their shoelaces. He didn't want them to have blisters. Number two, he was like, if your shoelaces are untied, you can trip. That trip can cost us the game to the championship. He didn't start off with layups and defense. He started off with the basics, shoelaces. I almost titled this message, Are Your Shoes Tied? But he started with the basics. And in life, depending on where our ears are positioned and who our ears are listening to, it will take us into a place toward God or toward Satan. And Satan himself has made it that where we believe in general, not just like you, you, you believe, but we believe prayer is so hard that prayer has to be five minutes, 10 minutes, 30 minutes, has to be one hour. And it's like, when you realize God desires 
a relationship with you? You realize God just wants me to speak his word. Prayer. I'm just speaking God's word. For God so loved the world. So in my life, when I wasn't with God, I was thinking God didn't love me. So what am I thinking? Man, God doesn't love me. God doesn't love me. So I'm out of church for eight years. I switch it. God, thank you for being good. Thank you for being faithful. Thank you. Oh, man, you do love me. Why do you love me? I find out why he loves me. I'm like, man, God loves me. Now I go to church. But at first, I wasn't going to church. I finally... Get to church that where I'm going to church consistently. Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I made a decision. Hey, I'm going to start. This is going to be my first day going to church. And it's not New Year's, Easter, or Christmas. So I had a plan, y'all. Go back. When you're hiding and you're afraid, you live out things. Never was taught this. So I'm in a truck. So I'm looking. See the car pulling. I was like, yeah. They get out. I get out. They have greeters at the door. The greeters go in. I'm like, no, why you go in? So I slow up my walk. Let them get there. The husband, he opens the door. The wife goes in. The child goes in. I'm like, surely he going to hold that door for me. He holds. I was like, ooh, I go on in. Why? I thought literally had I touched the door, I would catch on fire. I'm hiding and I was afraid. So now all these thoughts, even though I'm going in church, the mindset hasn't shifted. So even though I'm in church, I need a mindset shift. So now what's interesting, I'm in church in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, New Covenant Church. Pastor Ed, he's since gone home to be with the Lord. For two years, two years, he taught on the love of God. I like, Lord, you knew I needed this church and this sermon. Because I did not believe that God loved me. And so out of that, the shift began to happen that I realized God desires relationships. The enemy destroys relationships. We're destined for relationships. And the only way we can grow in our relationship with God is we have to give him time. How can I give God time? You can start. Lord, thank you. Thank you that I am awake this morning. Thank you. Whatever you decide to eat for lunch today. Thank you, Lord, for this lunch. Lord, thank you for the job. Lord, thank you for the shoes. Lord, thank you for the clothes. Lord, thank you for the vehicle. Lord, thank you. Mindset shift. It draws you. It pulls you closer to God. So now out of this relationship, I'm pretty sure whether it's dating or a type of clothing, a type of clothing store, the more and more you go into a clothing store, guess what? the more and more you draw closer to those clothes, the more you find yourself wearing those clothes, even those shoes, be it Jordans, Air Max, 
I'm going to mess up with some people. K-Swiss, British Knights, Ponies. Yeah, take it back. Throw back. All right, I'm going to bring it back. Bring it back. Air Max, <laughs> Jordan, Cole Hunt, whatever it may be. You have a relationship with someone and something. With those relationships, are you going in the direction that you know your life should be going in? And without a relationship with God in prayer, your life and my life will never go in the direction that it is meant to be. And so God is saying in this how to pray series, I want you to realize that in order for me to move in your life, my words has to move in your life first. Everything starts in seed form, seed, time, then harvest, seed, time, time. Lord, it's taking too long and two years, Jesus. Seed, time, and harvest. You know, we're so used to drive-throughs. We even get in a restaurant. We want the drive-through experience. My children, we've learned. Go in the restaurant, we get the drinks, and we order their food. So it can come out quicker and faster than we order our food. But before then, why is it taking so long? Why are they so slow? Want it fast, 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 fast. See, time harvest. And so as we're in this series, how to pray, that's literally what I want to teach us as a church, how to pray. There were some things I had to unlearn about prayer because I was taught at a young age. It seemed good. It sounded good, but not scripture. And so what I want to do is just like how uh, Kyla's fourth grade chases sixth grade. It's going to take seven, eight months before Chase gets to the seventh grade. But he has to go through a process to learn the things in sixth grade so he can be prepared for the seventh grade. So with prayer, I don't want to rush this. I don't want to speed through this because we see even in the life of Jesus, this is something he did himself. So much so when he needed something, he knew who to go to and who not to go to. So in times in our lives, it seems good to go to this person, but God's like, no, 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 come here, come here. I need you to come to me, but we don't hear it because we're so accustomed to going to Netflix, Prime Video, social media, news, go to the store, go get some ice cream. Go riding. There's nothing wrong with any of that. But if we're giving those things all of our time and not giving God time, God can't move. So God is saying, will you give me time like how you give Netflix time? Will you give me time like how you give in prime video time? He's not saying there's nothing wrong with watching prime video now. I know NFL coming on in the fall. I know you're going to watch it. Going to watch your saints. I know you're going to watch your saints. 
but will you give me time? I never forget the University of Alabama football fan. And no, I can share this story. Here we go. Anybody remember Redbox? The DVDs, $1, then they'll send you that text. You know, you get this DVD, then you get another free DVD. It's like, okay, watch this. The enemy wants to, enemy wants to destroy relationships. So my wife and I, we're in the same house with Merritt. She has a TV show. I love Alabama football. She loves it too. But it got to a place that when I would walk in the room, hey, babe, it's just something about that face. It'd be like, I'm like, he was just like, I know you didn't come in here while I'm watching my show. So I'm like, oh, okay. And I'm like, man, I really want to talk. I really want to talk. So her show goes off. By the time University of Alabama football game comes on, she come in, hey, babe, what's up? You wanted to talk to me? I got that look. <laughs> I know you didn't come in here while my football game on. So watch this. We literally started spending more time with our TV shows than each other. Relationship. The enemy wants to what? Destroy relationships. But I want to draw close. She wants to draw close, but we're giving these things time. So I got to, I was like, man, you know what? Something ain't right, man. We got to stop this. We got to stop this. I'm like, babe, hold up. Don't you know Nick Saban has no clue that I'm on this couch right now? I said, the players don't even know. I got the popcorn. I got the hot dogs. I got the hamburgers. I got everything set up for the game. So I'm literally in a relationship with someone that doesn't even know my name. So I'm giving all of them this attention. And I'm like, Lord, what's going on? He's like, pay attention to the tension. What you doing with your time, son? So I'm like, babe, we got to do something. I was like, your show. I had a show too. Football game. I was like, we're literally living out their vision. They sat here years ago. We want to come up with this TV show. These are the characters. This is the context. This is the plot. This is how many people we want to come in. If we get this ratings, these ratings, this is how much money we will get. They spoke this two years ago. And we're sitting watching something that they spoke two years ago. They're on to the next thing. So we're literally living out their, their vision Getting a temporary happiness, a temporary peace, a temporary satisfaction. All the while, we're frustrated and not seeing our vision come to pass and be a reality. So literally, this is what we did. This was before uh, streaming apps was out. Direct TV. Say, babe, we're going to have to cut direct TV. What? no direct TV. So I said, all right. So I would just sit there. I'd be in the house. 
said, when your show go off, I'm going to be right here. So finally, she adjusted, started talking. We made a decision. We're going to cut direct TV. And what we did, we only saw the TV on Saturdays because of Redbox. 99 cents. But Monday through Friday, we're talking when we get home. Monday through Friday, we're laughing. We're in the kitchen together when we get home. So now we're drawing closer. We know we're destined for a relationship, but we're not living a lifestyle as though we're destined for a relationship. So we want the marriage results, and we're seeing all these other married couples, what they're doing and how their marriage is. And, how, and it's like we're not even giving it time. So out of that, we've grown so close together because we cut out what was necessary to come close. Now we're seeing visions and dreams that we have for our lives, even for our children, come to pass. Now we still watch TV shows. Still watch Alabama football. But I know how to cut off Alabama football. There, I'll, I will only watch it when the third quarter comes on if that's what the Lord wants me to do. I won't watch it first and second quarter or the halftime. I'll come in on the third quarter. Well, I'm giving God what time? I'm not praying all that time. Like, man, it's a long time to pray, brother. How you do that? Game on. You focus. How you do that, brother? Time. Even when I'm running. Lord, thank you, I can run. I see somebody else, they come by. Man, no, I'm sorry. I don't like it when people run by me and then they look back like I'm slow. <laughs> really? Oh, you about to test my love wall right now. I do it and be like, hey, have a good day. Oh, no, I'm catching up to you. I'm running to catch up. But it's like even in those moments, I'm running, but I'm able to say, God, thank you. See the trees. I see the sun. See the grass. I can breathe in. I can breathe out. How to pray. Begin a life of thanksgiving. And as you begin that life of thanksgiving, Lord, will you teach me how to pray? Because I know you, you are my father. But even ask God, what does that mean that you are my father? What does that mean you love me? That's why I ask God, do you love me? Like, do you want me in your church? Lord, I was out in these streets for eight years. Come on now, you want me in your church? You know, he's like, yeah, 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 I want you in my church. Because the only reason you went in in that direction is because of where you were putting your time. And now I know he desires relationship. I can come to him. I don't have to hide. I don't have to be afraid. And so what we're going to do, we're going to break it down step by step, simple by, you know, uh, process by process, even as simple as tying your Shoot.
So this is the question I have for you this week. What are you doing with your time? I want you to look at it before you go to bed. What are you doing with your time? Are you ending it with a TV show? And then you fall asleep? Are you ending it with social media? And then you fall asleep? Monday when you wake up, what are you doing with your time? On your lunch break, what are you doing with your time? I want you to look at it. What are you doing with your time? And notice where your time is going. So what are you doing with your time? Second question, where is the most of your time going? Where is the most of your time going? What are you doing with your time and where is the most of your time going? The answer to those two questions will let you know who you are in relationship with. And so for us to get in a position to pray, we have to first look, where is my time going? Because it takes time to pray. Sometimes it's 30 seconds, sometimes it's five minutes, sometimes it's 20 minutes, but there's a gradual. Just like running. I didn't start off running marathons. I could barely walk half a mile. But as I was consistent, growth began to happen. The muscles began to develop. The breathing, the capacity could maintain. 15-minute pace walking. 14-minute pace jogging. Gradual down. 11 minutes, 10 minutes, 9 minutes, 8 minutes. It didn't start out that way. I learned real quick. Run your pace. What are you doing with your time? Where is the most of your time going? And out of that, the third thing, give it to God. God, I desire for this one thing or these things not to have all of my time as much as they do. I desire a relationship with you. And I give this to you. Help me with this. So we have that side of prayer, even that of learning of the help of the Holy Spirit who will help us in prayer. And so at the end of the service, I'm about to close Prayer t- uh, worship team, y'all come on up. Um, at the end, the prayer team, they'll be here at the end of the service. And if there is something that you want to ask about prayer, or even something in that about the Holy Spirit, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, they can talk with you about that. There's information that you can learn on that. And they're going to give you scriptures. They're going to pray with you. As I said, I want to take this step by step. Because God needs your voice. He needs my voice to pray out his plan. If we're not praying out his plan, the enemy's plan is at work. So I want to get us as a church in a position to hear God's plan, to speak God's plan. And prayer is something as simple, as easy as Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. 
God, I thank you. This is a prayer. God, I thank you that you are my shepherd. Meaning that you are providing for me and I don't have to be in want. In Jesus' name, amen. He said that. All you're doing is echoing them. That's the same thing we're doing when we're living in fear. We're echoing the enemy's plans and his words. And he wonder why cities and nations are the way they are. And so if we want to see a change in the city, if we want to see a change in the earth, if we want to see the change in the nation, if we want to see a change in our lives, it starts with us. It starts with So let's bow our heads. Father God, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your love. And Father, it's so good to know that you desire relationship. You want all of us to be in relationship with you. So maybe you're here this morning and you're saying, my relationship right now is far from God. My My desire has been on other things. Hey, so glad you're here. We can handle that right now. So you're here this morning and you say, my relationship with God is not in the position that it should be. I have not received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, or it could be I have received Jesus Christ. But I'm not living the life that he has for me. If that's you, I want you to do one thing. Acknowledge it just by lifting up your hand right where you are. Say, that is me. That desire to draw close, that desire to live a life toward God, that is me. This is between you and God. This is your moment. And if that is you in raising your hand, Even if you don't raise your hand, I want to make sure you come down. There are going to be many people that come down for prayer, but I want to make sure you come down and let someone know because God loves you. God has a plan for you. God believes in you. So, Father, I thank you for every person in this place. I thank you for their heart. I thank you, Father, that you love them and that you will continue to show them your desire to love them and to raise them up. That you truly are a way maker for them. That regardless of where they are, you have made a way for them to come to you. They don't have to hide. They don't have to be afraid. All they have to do is come. So, Father, thank you for your love for them. And that they shall live out the full length of their days serving you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.